0: Here comes the, extra, extra about the best in town from all around, from around the world, What's up pals? The welcome like to Super
1: Nerd Pals. Cut. I'm your host today, Chris Sampson yes. <laughs> And I'm Stan Gunerski. I'm <laughs> <laughs> oh, Andy the of <laughs> <laughs> And welcome okay. to episode 77. How are you guys doing today? I'm
0: doing good. Pretty good. Sweating my ass off, but, uh... It's
2: hot. It's too hot. It's hot out here. It's like the beginning of Die Hard 3.
0: (laughs) You see that movie? Die Hard 3. You never saw Die Hard 3? I've never seen Die Hard 1. That's key,
2: dude! What? What? Die Hard is fucking key, bro! Andy, I'll let
1: you know that my birthday tradition for the last three years is to go to a local movie theater, the AFI Silver Spring, and watch Die Hard on Christmas Eve. Cause is the best is the best Christmas movie ever, ever. No contest. They show it every
0: Christmas by you.
1: Hell yeah, it does, and I I love it. I agree. when having a December birthday, especially on Christmas Eve or Christmas Day, it really sucks because you can't hang out with your friends because everyone else is with their families. I understand, but I just want to hang out on my birthday, and you know I always get one or two people who. Who are all around in the area? And we go see Die Hard. And it's amazing. And it's Bruce Willis on the big screen, and he's fighting off, um, what's his name? Hans Gruber. Hans Gruber. Rest in peace, Alan Rickman. But, oh, Hans Gruber,
2: such a great villain. Now we got to add that to the list of the movies that you need to see. That's what is that now? It's Die Hard. That's Alien. What else we got here?
0: I don't remember. Yeah, me neither it's pretty hefty,
2: but at least the first Die Hard you can skip two. No, nobody gives a fuck about Die Hard two.
0: I mean, it's like so hard to keep up. There's like
2: thirty Die Hard movies now. Listen, all you need to know is one and three.
0: One and three.
2: Yep. For me, it's Die Hard one, Die Hard
1: three, four, and two. For all that is holy, do not watch the fifth one, which is a good day to Die Hard. That was the most recent one. It is such utter trash. I, I can't believe it. it got greenlit. And it's just a disgrace to all the other diehards. It was... Ugh. Well, so, 4
2: isn't terrible. It was definitely better than two. 2. I don't know what the hell was going on with, with well, 2.
1: With 2, it was an exact clone of the first one. But the villainous plot was as exciting. But beat for beat, it was exactly
2: the same movie. But not as... Well executed. Die Hard 3 had Samuel L. Jackson. Um, The main villain was like the brother or something of the guy, the villain from the first movie. It takes place in New York City in the middle of the summer, and they're running around the city. Sam Jackson and Bruce Willis are running around Manhattan um, trying to solve these riddles because there's bombs placed all around New York. And if they don't solve the riddles or whatever, everything's
0: going to explode. Sounds like Bruce Willis versus the Riddler. Pretty much. That's pretty much what it is. It's... Um, it's great. I've also never seen a Lethal Weapon movie. What?
2: Oh no! What? Oh, <laughs> I'm getting too old for this
1: shit. Oh gosh! All right, Andy, we're gonna we're gonna sit you down. <laughs> we're gonna have a marathon of all of these must-watch movies, yeah, and seriously. we're gonna do podcast episodes for each of them because you have the privilege of having going in with a blank slate. Like you can re you can experience these for the first time. Like me and Stan, we we already seen all these movies, but you get that's the like one plus of this of this scenario. You can
2: experience them fresh. Just like all those other movies you apparently haven't seen, I happen to own like all the first the the only four Die Hard movies on Blu Ray, so we can actually watch Dude. them. They came out with a with a four like quadrilogy set on Blu Ray well, that I have.
0: I know that I've been like seeing at my job this fucking like the Tower. What's it called?
1: oh yeah the nakatomi plaza yeah, yeah.
0: nakatomi plaza it comes like the nakatomi plaza and the base of it is just all the blu-rays wow that's
2: pretty crazy. that's that's pretty dope too bad like half of those movies are trash <laughs> anyway uh chris how's your week crazy busy how was uh, HenCon? hen gen con GenCon, GenCon gen
1: con 2016 that was uh that was my first time ever going. First time I've ever been to Indiana and uh, first time exhibiting there. It was huge. Uh, Gen Con's for our company is the Super Bowl uh, of our convention schedule because it's all tabletop gaming. It's four days of tabletop gaming and board games and RPGs and collectible card games and there's just the entire game hall is open 24-7. Yeah, it was pretty good. I, I had a lot of fun I mean, I love my job, but the, one of the I mean, one thing about it is that it's a very different experience going to a convention as an attendee, as an exhibitor. Because when you're an exhibitor, you don't really get a lot of time to explore the rest of the con. But I still had an awesome time. Uh, I love, I love talking to customers, and I did get to demo this one really cool board game called Aegis. It's basically like Voltron and Gurren Lagann, but in the board game form. It's, it's all about. It's like a Tactical RPG like, no, I'm sorry, tactical RTS game, and you can combine robots and yet destroy the other teams. That was a, that was that was like my one, uh, really cool highlight. The other one was um, I got to meet two of the voice cast of uh, voice actors from Critical Role. Uh, you got Taliesin, Raff and Marisha Ray. Uh, they stopped by our booth, so we hooked them up with rings, and we, I got photos with them. So it was a lot of fun. Other than that, I saw the live action movie, uh, the Boruto Ketsun movie. It was playing Monday and Tuesday. Hands down, the great one of the greatest live action edit- anime adaptation movies I have ever seen in my life. Just a throwback to like Sad Samurai friends. For those who don't know, don't know, before Anime is Weird came out, we tried doing a. Another similar show, starting with Veroni Kenshin. And Veroni Kenshin has not aged well, nope. but this movie... <laughs> like hot milk. But the, the live-action movies, if anything, you you guys have to watch It's so excellently done. The casting's perfect. The action's so badass. And I think they they really adapted the anime and the manga into a really amazing and compact form. Because it's the movie takes place in the first half of the first arc. So it's like 13, 14 episodes. And they compressed into one. They, they changed around some of things, but it all really, really works. And it's something for everyone. Uh, it does a lot of fan service. Uh, like there's a lot of like classic moves that they, they reference and some of the memes. So I highly recommend that. Cool. And this weekend, I went to I went to Otakon. And now I'm, I'm really calmed out and really, really tired. But really... Really happy. I had a really geeky weekend or week in general. So
2: Now I don't have to watch the fucking anime anymore. I just watch the movie. Yeah. Funimation's porting or uh, licensing
1: all three movies. Uh, the first one came out in 2012. Second one, uh Kyoto, Kyoto's Fire or something like that. It's the second arc. Uh, that comes out in theaters in September. And then the last movie, The Legend Ends, comes out. In October, so there's three movies. They they kind of made them back to back, similar to how they did the Matrix trilogy, or the or like the last or the the later two Matrix movies. Um, I highly recommend it. So if you can see it in theaters, definitely go.
0: Cool. Sounds
2: good. Nice. How about you guys? My week is fine. Uh, you know, helping raising the new baby. Um, you know, my new dog. Uh, uh Kiersey and I's new dog, Evie um she's super sweet but she's really energetic and uh i was just looking up some info on my phone for the podcast and i realized that my search history is all like dog costumes and like <laughs> things to dress her in i was looking for uh wrestling shirts that she could wear but they don't make wrestling shirts for dogs which you know wwe you, you gotta get on that
0: um, WWE is on everything I'm I know I was hoping, I was hoping they have
2: like some Sasha Banks gear like she's a badass uh, woman wrestler I was hoping or,
0: or maybe even like a badass macho man yeah come on man that'd be great
1: well Stan this is obviously a market you can take advantage of you should, you should make
2: your own and become rich this is yet
0: another billion dollar idea that Super Nerd Pals is generating
2: yeah Sasha Banks her her t-shirts all say legit boss So it would be so awesome to have Evie like wearing a little legit boss t-shirt like but they don't make it. What the hell is up with that? I have to go through like Cafe Press or something. (laughs) Um,
1: The the moral I'm getting of this, Stan, you have to become an entrepreneur and start your wrestling dog merchandise business right now.
2: Yeah, I'll I'll set up a little store with pro wrestling tees (laughs) and we'll get it going. Uh, But yeah, that's pretty much it. And I've been playing No Man's Sky, which I'll talk about at length soon later in the show so that's it
0: chris news yes
2: yes let's go into the news flash
1: you win so there's some brand new pokemon reveals that happened uh earlier this week or is it last week i don't remember it was this week uh this week okay so we have seven new pokemon as well as reveals of the new villains Let's start with the the Alola versions of the original Pokemon. So we have Alolan Marowak, Alolan Meowth, and Alolan Raichu.
2: Hell yeah, Raichu, my boy!
1: That's right. So Stan, tell tell the pals why you love Alolan Raichu so much.
2: So I've been I've always been a Raichu fan. I always I like Pikachu. As of late, they've kind of slimmed down Pikachu, and fat Pikachu's always been my like a soft spot soft spot for me. Raichu, they never tried to change Raichu. He's always been a, a cool little fat man. And and I always like using him. And so the fact that they're turning him into an electric psychic type and he's got like a nice little tan. He's like a surfer, like a surfer dude now. I'm with it. Can't wait.
0: My question is, are they going to do like an Alolan uh, Cubone, Alolan Pikachu, and Alolan Persian? That's. I mean, a- that would make more sense. That right? w- it
2: makes... M- I can sort of see how you would take a Pikachu and then transform, like it evolves into an Alolan uh, Raichu, and the same thing for Marillac because it's like them adapting to their environment so they become this different transformation. But for Meowth, I don't see how they can go to a normal type Persian after going to like this dark type uh, Meowth. So I feel like if you get a Meowth and it's Alolan. It's gonna evolve into the Persian. Otherwise, I can see a, a standard Cubone and Pikachu evolving into these forms. But the whole backstory with the Alola and Meowth is that they took him, and he like he's like lived a life of luxury or whatever in the in the islands, and he's like become an asshole or whatever. <laughs> you know, he's like a Dark Type because of that, which is funny. You know, he's he's trying to make Alola great again, and he's just a, kind of an asshole, and then. I can see him evolving to a version that is the same type. Because it doesn't make sense the other way from the loser typing,
0: right? Yeah. I mean, I could see that. Uh, the only thing that I have with Marowak is that Cuban will go from a ground rock to, like, a fire, a ghost? fire ghost. And it's kind of like, well, that's weird. Pikachu will just gain psychic, psychic. and that's fine. Yeah. But so far, these Alolan Pokemon look whew, amazing.
1: The, the, look so tight. And so that that's just the, the OG Pokemon. We got some brand new Pokemon. So we got Moralore, It's a Grass Fairy type. Pyukumuku. It's a Sea Cucumber Pokemon. Uh, Wishiwashi, which comes in a solo form and a school of fish form.
0: Oh, Wishy is my new favorite Pokemon. Oh, because you love, the, love them water types, right? I love water types. There's a few more that weren't in the trailer. There's, like, the pre-evolution of Beware, but we only got his Japanese name, so I'm not going to read it, because I will butcher it. We got, like, two Sandcastle Pokemon. They're both Ground Ghost. Um, Sunaba
2: and Shiro Desuna.
0: Yeah. Is
1: that, like, a, a male or female form of the same Pokemon, like... Or is that is that the evolutions?
2: The no, that's
0: uh, the first one, and then the second one. The
2: first one looks like a pile of sand. The second one looks like a full blown sandcastle. That's dope.
0: And like the, there are already people on the internet making a lore saying that like, for Sunaba, I don't know, a child died in in like a beach, and then like the soul possessed the sand. There's some it is crazy a ghost shit. Type, so. so I'm expecting some weird ass fucking like lore for that, but the pre-evolution of Beware looks mad cute. I mean, Not the enough. Marowak
2: also is like, oh, it, that's the Marowak that escaped from Lavender Town.
0: <laughs> oh yeah, that's true. Yeah, yeah.
2: New you know what's
1: really awesome too? Team Skull, the new villains. Yeah. Yes, Team Skull looks we, amazing. We were just talking about these guys before. They look, like, they look, they look like they're ready to go to a rave or hip hop concert. I, I'm totally digging it.
2: Yeah, I. You know, no team for me has ever been able to match Team Rocket, but these guys in in style alone appears to be something that I might enjoy.
0: I wonder Maybe what I'm their end case. game is. Like, what what do they want to achieve? But um, also, there was apparently a YouTube channel earlier today that uh, revealed about hyper training, and apparently, uh, with silver cap, you're only allowed to max out one IV stat. And then there are gold caps that let you max out more. More than just one. But it's not said like how you acquire the bottle caps, and it's not said how many stats for gold. You so. kill raiders, obviously. Well, maybe you, you just you, go find James you, and get his bottle cap collection. You, you
2: raid their corpses and you find the bottle caps. <laughs> this is
0: true.
1: Oh, to, Andy, to answer your earlier question about the endgame, uh, this is a an excerpt from Polygon quote, the website and latest trailer suggest that your boy Guzma has a history with Professor Kukui and the island captains of the Lola region. He even refers to the group as a bunch of rejects on several occasions. Quote, so in this, they speculate that Guzma was a maybe a former island captain and he's, he's Pissed off or at them, and now he wants revenge on those who succeeded before him. And he's—I he, I don't know—maybe he's acting out of the rejection or like a inferiority
0: complex. And he's gotta say, Guzma looks awesome. Interesting. All right, awesome. Well, the hype continues. Can't can so wait! So excited.
1: All right, moving on. So uh, let's talk about some some Star Wars stuff. So uh, about th- two or three days ago. I think it was three days ago, Uh, a brand new trailer for the now official title Rogue One A Star Wars Story. I was so blown away by this trailer. I think it's fantastic. I'm just even more excited about it. Uh, I was watching this with my coworker uh, during break, and I had a total fanboy, lost my mind experience when Donnie Yen, not only we get some more... Screen time of him being a badass, but he's actually in the trailer. This is the first time we ever we ever heard him speak. He was just saying how something along the lines of like the the force will guide my hand, and he smacks up some bad guys with his quarter staff.
2: And I'm just so in yeah, love. I, I can't wait for
0: hmm. Rogue One. It's gonna look so cool. I haven't seen three. the trailer yet. I plan on. I saw the first initial trailer, and I'm not trying to see any other one. I mean, this trailer, like more than anything, it's
1: it's really nailing the tone that they wanted to, well, wanted to pitch in the beginning. Because when we first heard about Rogue One, they said it's a, it's like a spy heist film, but it's also like a war film. And you can totally see that here. Like, there's like these couple of shots where it looks like straight out of Saving Private Ryan except they switched the soldiers with rebels and stormtroopers, and it looks so badass. I'm not quite sure who are all the characters, but I think they. Each, I think the trailer did this. This trailer in particular did a pretty good job, like tracing what character or what what each character's like and their different uh, aspects and what their backgrounds. And it's not the the full movie's not even out yet. And I'm really feeling really attached to these really di- this really diverse, really well developed characters, and that's just gonna make the ending all the more tragic because. These Boston spies, they all die at the end. And it's gonna make the emotional impact so much more powerful.
0: Yeah. So I'm I'm excited for this movie.
2: I mean it's Star Wars. I can't not be excited.
0: Yeah, that's true. And then after this movie starts the hype for episode eight.
2: The hype train never stops for Star Wars. It keeps rolling on.
0: Never that.
1: Um on a slightly more somber note for, uh, related to Star Wars, uh this this past weekend, Kenny Baker, uh, the actor who played R2-D2 for the original trilogy, this holiday special, the prequels, and he also served as a consultant for the R2-D2 work on the latest film. Uh, he passed away at age 81. Pour one out. Um, Rest so in peace. Pour some libations, cause Kenny Baker, like, I mean, his legacy is, you know, I mean, it's, it, it, there's no words to be said. It's just, it's his impact is beyond us and beyond. I don't know. It, his legacy could go on for a very long time. And it's not just Star Wars he worked on. He I think he worked, he worked on a whole bunch of other movie properties that I never knew about. He's also worked on Flash Gordon, The Elephant Man, Time Bandits, Labyrinth, and Willow. Um, so that's pretty Will incredible. Yeah. Rest in peace, Kenny Baker. Stan, do you want to talk about Parappa? The rapper, the, biggest the anime, news or the second anime. news for
2: me is that there was already an anime about Parappa that I didn't know about. And so this one, this new one, is going to be more about. less about Parappa and more about his his friend, the bear, PJ Bear, or whatever his name is. And they're going to be really short, like, snippet episode, Like, not even like five minutes long. There's gonna be like short episodes. So like initially so it's gonna be Pillow Boys, yeah, something like that. And initially I was super excited about the news that this was happening because I figured it would be like a full feature, like Parappa stuff. But to learn that it that what I'm looking for already exists makes me excited because now I can go and watch a Parappa anime that I didn't, I didn't even know I wanted until now. <laughs> so that's that's pretty exciting. Although Parappa. Parappa was one of the first. Yeah, of my first PS One game was Prap of the Rapper. Really? Yeah, I had two games when I first got the PS One. It was Prap of the Rapper, and it was Steam Park.
0: My mine goes from zero to one hundred real quick. It's uh, it was Rugrats. Nice, nice. And then Siphon Filter One. <laughs> All right. <laughs> I think my first
1: PS One game, I want to say it was like Small Soldiers. Uh, the 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 movie Small Soldiers they created a video game adaptation and and i was obsessed with that movie so naturally i had to get the, the game i don't remember if it was good or bad or not i just remember being archer and like <laughs> killing tommy lee jones soldier yeah. man <laughs> so it was pretty I
2: fun was great i i had no idea how it worked half the time because it was a sim and i didn't know i like my main goal with that game was to ride roller coasters in three in like the 3d <laughs> graphics and it delivered so it went pretty well
0: as long as you were happy with what you were doing, yeah,
2: I was. I was really pleased that Christmas when I had that Parappa game, and then, Parappa was way too hard. It's hard for me now. That game is so hard.
0: Parappa's is like kind of like a button command game, right? It's a rhythm game, yeah,
2: but it's really difficult, and because it, it, it doesn't have to. It does. not It's not necessarily on point but it's like rhythmic so you can beat you could hit all the buttons in a row but the game will just say you're not cool you're not you're not passing this so you gotta you gotta press them in a way that the game recognizes as cool like freestyling a little bit and like throwing a little flourish the way you press the buttons and the timing it's it's crazy it's kind of weird I never played Parappa 2 which I evidently need to get on because I know
0: there was a Parappa game for the PSP that was
2: just a remaster of the original oh okay yeah I played that one I but the I've never played Parappa 2, so I'm, I think it's... You can get it on the PS4 as, like, a classic, so I'm probably going to uh-huh. get Two, because it was a PS2 game. Oh, okay. So it's a PS... It's a PS2 You can probably
0: get the first one on the PS3. Yeah. You, you,
2: for, you for sure can, but you can get Parappa 2 with trophies on the PS4, so... Yeah. Yeah, that's... That's my little news. Little newsy.
1: Parappas. Parappa for life. Um, I haven't... I literally haven't played Prapa in years, like the last time I played it, was probably when it first came out. Um, my
0: but my game involving Parappa was uh, PlayStation All Stars. Mm.
1: Oh, nice, nice. Um, but yeah, like, like so, Parappa was ported to the PS4. Um, like, did I hear that right? P- yeah.
2: uh, Parappa Two, and then you can get a cl- the classic Parappa on or the PSN, v- right? PSP, Vita, PS3, etc. Okay,
1: I will. I will have to revisit that because I, I perhaps back in the day, was so legit, and that and G- Guitar Man. Oh, Those Guitar two man. were like the heart. Guitar yeah, Man, God, like man. that. like The soundtrack is so beautiful. Yeah. Like I, I went to an entire phase in college where that's no, like nothing. That's I just listened to nothing except for the legendary I'm be theme. Real
0: i've never heard of that
2: never heard oh of my man? god oh. guitar man so good it's so good it's so freaking hard though it's like crap but with rock music so and it's it's really cool and i didn't i didn't hear about well i heard about Guitaro man but i never played it until they released on the psp so i was like a, la- a latter day like Guitaro man convert and it was really good on the psp it was on
0: the ps1 originally yeah. No it, was on the, no, it was on the
1: Dreamcast originally. Oh, was it? Oh. Yeah. dude. Oh, okay. And then it ported to the PS2 uh like a couple years later and, and then on the PSP. Yeah. But yo, know, it's it is crazy over the top. So it's um so basically you're this kid and you and like this magical dog that's your friend and then you you're just thrust into this intergalactic musical war and you have this guitar that transforms you into you, Gitaru man, who's this interla- intergalactic th- defender? We're using rock music to destroy his enemies, and it's just so good. Oh, soundtrack! Soundtrack alone is is boss, but it's a very challenging rhythm game. Yeah, but it's very satisfying, and the storylines is incredible too, and the graphics are super quirky.
2: You don't see games like that anymore. Like crazy, like offshoots like that. It's always like the the surefire, like sequels or whatever you know it's it's never like this wacky like weird rhythm game about like a talking dog or or a crazy like space guitar person you know
1: i mean i guess the only outlets you see that now like in our like indie platforms you know like you know you have like what's it called um maximum draw or crypt of the neuromancer you know i mean those are like some two somewhat recent really awesome quirky rhythm based games i can think of but you don't really see that with, like, AAA titles, which is a shame. So, Parappa, Guitaro Man. Yeah, so check good. those out. Uh, so good. Um, okay, so we're almost done with our news. Um, Last we re-
0: piece.
2: Uh, well, two pieces, but...
1: You wanna talk about FF15?
2: Yeah, so Ninja posted this. Um, apparently they sent some instructions to Game... Square Enix sent to GameStop employees to change the signage... From the game releasing September 30th, which is the original release date, to November 29th, which is two months later, um, it's not officially announced yet. But they there was posts of the actual instructions on the internet, like photographic evidence of them, like oh, take the sticker and put it over the signage in such a way, and yeah, and you know, I you know, working in those kind of places. That it looks legit, so it seems pretty much inevitable that that game is getting delayed.
0: I had and a feeling it was it was gonna happen.
2: I mean with all that fanfare and them all like that whole. that reveal event that they did that big like oh here's all the news about final fantasy and like the big like e3s show floor shit and they they brought out the the release date clock and it was like november nope gotcha september and it was like no we were actually bullshitting you it is it is november after all (laughs) and it's like I was looking forward to it dropping in September. It's fine two months later. But by that time, The Last Guardian is supposed to hit. Dragon Ball Z Universe 2 is supposed to hit. Dragon Quest Seven on 3DS is supposed to come out. So by the time Final Fantasy fifteen comes out, I'm going to be a little little out of, out of it. Because it will be at the end of the year. You know? Yeah. And then a couple of weeks later, Gravity Rush 2 is going to come out.
0: And then a couple of weeks after that is going to be our Game of the Year show. Yeah, mm-hmm. so they're cutting it close for them to make it. Yeah, yeah. Where our Game
2: of the Year list.
0: Yeah, like, at <laughs> September, that's like the cutoff. September, I was like, all right, like, I can get done with that game by December, but, but like November, November, that's kind of, yeah, close. we, we have know. to, like, shotgun that game.
1: Yeah. Solution, take a staycation, just take off a week, play all the games.
2: Yeah, but like I was saying, um, Gravity Rush 2 comes out December 2nd. So unless that game also gets delayed, it's gonna be serious crunch time because I'm I'm gonna wanna play that game before we do the game of the year stuff. But on the bright side it gives me more time to play other shit. Exactly. Yeah.
1: For me with the delay, I mean we we were waiting a whole decade for this game to come out, so what's another two months? That's but. fucking
2: crazy when you think about how long how long Final Fantasy 15 has been coming out. What the fuck?
0: It was originally versus Versus 13. 13. Yeah. What the hell? Jeez, I can't believe I've been waiting for this game for 15 fucking years. I mean, 10 years. 15. What about Kingdom Hearts 3? Oh, that game I'm going to happen. for forever. <laughs> what about Half-Life 3? Never going to happen. Come Never going to happen. What about... uh Beyond Left? Good and Evil 2. Left for Dead 3. Yeah. T-4, Crash 3 Never going to happen. <laughs> Crash 4 is kind of likely. Maybe. Uh, it we'll might see. be likely. It's more we'll likely see. now.
2: Shit. Add that to a list of games that have, that have been coming out. Since we were born.
0: Hell yeah. <laughs> oh my god.
1: System Shock 3. System- well, I mean, they're making the the, the the remake.
0: Moral of the story. Give us the sequels we want. Will- <laughs> <laughs> when the hell are we going to get 16? Like, we're going to be dead. There ain't going to be a Final This is the Final Fantasy. They're supposed to go up to 20. No. I don't see that happening. That ain't- Not in our lifetimes. They're on 16. I'm 22. By the time by the time 20 comes out, there's gonna be Final Fantasy 15 1, 2, 3. There's gonna be Final Fantasy 17 up to number 7 because... I mean, they
2: also have to work on Kingdom Hearts 3. There's the Final Fantasy 7 remake. Forget about it. Literally forget about it. Don't even think about it anymore. Just move on. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> just move on have no expectations
1: when it comes out then you can yeah. be surprised like, live, oh, your live your life
2: go, Live go out get married have children forget about Final Fantasy 16 Cause you know for
0: like the first year that Kingdom Hearts 2 was out after beating it I was like jeez I wonder when they're gonna release 3 this is what's scary to me
2: I might have children by the time Kingdom Hearts 3 comes out yeah but like, this is how long this game has been taking. I mean,
0: technically, you have a child already. All right, Eevee. Eevee. But,
2: like, human, human flesh child, you know? Anyway.
1: <laughs>
2: two months. <laughs> two months. Two
1: months. Let's hope. <laughs> uh, all right, let's wrap it up with the last piece of news. Uh, early in the week, Jason Momoa uh, was confirmed to be on board a project. They're remaking The Crow. So, the classic... James O'Barr comic that came out I think 1989, and it was made into a movie in 1994. It was a very well-received cult classic, um, and unfortunately, um, Brandon Lee, the son of Bruce Lee, uh, he was killed during the filming, which is such a uh, a tragedy. I still choked up over it
0: because... uh, Anyway... uh, you guys are going to hate me for this one. I've never seen Wait, The Crow. Seen the I, crow. I, oh, no. Oh, my <laughs> God. Okay.
1: This hurt, This pains me so much because I have very strong feelings about The Crow. And Jason Momoa is casting was, as um, Eric Draven. Um, do you know about The Crow, like the the basic premise?
0: Uh, yeah, I know oh, the okay. basic premise. Um, and then I was dumbfounded to find out that there were like three sequels.
1: Please don't watch
0: them. Uh, they're just obnoxiously bad. One of them had like
1: a, a teenage Kirsten Kirsten Dunst. I guess like a couple years after Jumunji. it was just it's so bad. Aren't those movies so, cursed? And I I
2: so I can, like, s- right, Chris? The crow movies are cursed. They shouldn't make any more.
1: I don't know. I think I just I think they just stopped caring it, it, in, the, in the sequels. It, like there's like zero production value. It's just we, really really bad writing. We and, lost
2: Brandon Lee in the first one, and ever since then, Crow's just been a trash. Yeah, just one trash. Just
1: I mean, like the Hollywood remake machine is so hungry. So I mean, I just there's just some movies you shouldn't touch, and the the OG Crow is one of them.
0: I mean, who knows? Maybe maybe this one will actually like live up to standards.
1: I don't I know. Like I, I love Jogo. I love Aquaman. But I, yeah. I just this
2: is one of those movies where I, I'm, I'm just no. It's the, the we don't need it. I think, and we're gonna get we're gonna get to a point where we've remade every movie that we're gonna start making remakes of of things that don't even make sense. Like we're gonna get a, a reboot of Batman 1989. <laughs> like they're gonna recast the Jack Nicholson Joker and everything. <laughs>
0: Before that, though, can we get a remake of Batman nineteen sixty?
2: Yeah, we're gonna get Batman twenty sixty six. I I want
0: that just for the fact of shark repellent.
2: We're gonna get a remake of the Schumacher Batman movies: Batman and Robin, Batman Forever.
0: <laughs> it's gonna
2: be called Batman Unlimited. It's gonna be like a like a they're gonna make it in one long movie. Jesus, like Lord of the Rings style, like four hours of that, like just bat nipples and Tommy Tommy Lee (laughs) Jones corpse on like stilts, (laughs) held up (laughs) by strings.
0: Bring (laughs) back Jim Carrey Riddler. Oh, Jim Carrey would still be down to come back. Jim (laughs) Carrey's wearing
2: a shot collar because they're just forcing him into it.
0: (laughs) I love Jim Carrey.
2: Uh, Oh my god
1: so yeah so the crow is gonna happen again i i mean i'll watch you it like it or not i i mean I, I i let the record show i don't think the crow should be remade i think it's one of those films alongside like pulp fiction and big trouble little china like all, all of it just please don't leave it alone i just spend all that money you have or That you will spend on the remake. It just makes something new. Make a new IP. Give something new for the generations
2: to enjoy. No, those aren't surefire hits anymore. You know why? Why watch something new when you can see like? Well, game?
0: that's the same concept of video games. Why we don't exactly. get over the top weird ass video games? Because they know something is gonna sell like Ghostbusters, even though it's garbage or not or whatever the fuck. Hey, Ghostbusters is people... good, right? Well, no, I'm saying like based <laughs> on reviews. Like whether it's getting garbage reviews or non garbage reviews, everyone's still gonna go see it. Yeah.
2: It's easier to, to go with uh, like Assassin's Creed 7 than like un- like something crazy.
0: Not gonna lie, I'm excited for the Assassin's Creed movie. <sighs> I don't All know right. what the fuck's going on, All but right. Meanwhile.
1: Meanwhile, Stan gets a gets some bile.
0: <laughs>
1: Alright, well, I think we spent enough time on Newsflash. Uh, let's move it on to our first topic. So, um, I want to talk about something a little bit unconventional. It's about a brand new format. It's like my new time sink for nerdiness. Um, so this past weekend, I went to Otakon and one of my really co- cool friends, Ebony, she was telling me about Webtoons. Uh, so have you guys heard of Webtoons? Nope so webtoons is basically uh, a catch all term for online south korean web comics or manhwa and webcomics has been or i'm sorry webtoons have been around for a really long time i they started they started uh, off as um website portals i think in 2004 but one of one of the Main platforms called Naver. They start. They created a service called Line Webtoon, which is exclusively uh, made for uh, mobile or mobile devices. So an app form as opposed to a website form. I feel this was largely off my radar for like the longest, longest time ever. But it's insanely popular, and it baffles me like how this subculture just passed me by. Um, The first time I actually heard about webtoons uh, wasn't actually from. Webtoons itself. Um, it was from an anime adaptation. I think back in February, there's this really cool anime. Uh, I think I talked about it on the podcast before. It's called Noblesse, and think of think of it a lot like Helsing. So this this vampire noble wakes up after like 800 years of slumber, uh, and it's typical typical like anime uh, trope uh, trope fiction. Uh he goes to high school and tries to learn about the world uh since uh because he's been sleeping all this time. And then he gets into shenanigans like there's like this secret cult of like supernatural creatures and assassins and vampires are trying to make a ruckus and he takes them out with a bad a- like like a badass app. Um they only did one 30 minute Oh, there's two adaptations, the one they released on Crunchyroll so you guys can watch it um whenever you have a chance. Uh, it's about 30 minutes, and it's a, like, basically like the origin story, and it's super badass. Like, I, I like it a lot to Hellsing because it's extremely bloody, uh, and grisly, and the action scenes are top notch. So I was really surprised. I thought it was an original IP, but apparently it's been part of this really long running 400 chapter webtoon, uh, um, comic series that's been going on for quite a long time. So, Ebby and I, we were going over, she was explaining to me, like, this new format. Like, it's, especially with Line Webtoon, it's an app. So, it's, it's perfectly made to, to be read on the go. Super convenient. Um, and one of the things that really, really surprised me, and I, I'm just baffled why it's not a more popular medium in the West is how, uh, with the Webtoon, Uh, Formats, some particular comics, especially for horror comics, they're integrating like the classic feel of reading a print uh, comic book or manga, but with utilizing the strengths of a smartphone to integrate like sound effects um, and make it like a more like a 4D experience of reading comics. So I was reading this really cool comic or webtoon called Chiller, and Chiller is. Uh, think of it like Twilight Zone by comic book's form. So, like, these... Uh, They're like individual vignettes of, like, Japanese... Or, I'm sorry, Japanese or South Korean. They're, like, Asian Asian horror stories of the weird, strange, and and, parano- and like supernatural. And I was reading this one, and it was really interesting, because you, you, uh, it's super easy that you, you just scroll down and, and read. Um, it's in full cl- color. And at certain scenes... Um, they include sound effects like they they, like you get to a particular page and like really creepy music starts playing or your phone starts to vibrate and i feel like that's like an an, an amazing way to make the best of both worlds because generally i love print media i love having the feel of a book in my hands um, I, that's why I, I generally stayed away from digital comics I, I, I might change my mind later because space is a factor but I've just been so addicted to this to me this really novel way of integrating like the print and digital mediums into like, something that's brand new um, but I'm really really ready to dive in so I'm mostly reading um, like supernatural or horror uh, comics there's, there's, a, there's a quite a awesome uh, handful of of horror webtoons that are available out there that I just described to, um, especially in the last couple years, especially Naver, like the the guys who create the Line Webtoon app, they're trying to market and trying to get more Western creators to to invest in the platform. So one particular non-Asian webtoon I'm I'm starting to read, uh, and I'm completely hooked on Apocalyptic Horseplay, and totally it's a lot like. Neil Gaiman's and Terry Pratchett's Good Omens uh it involves like the four horsemen of the apocalypse and they're living in England but they don't want to do their jobs anymore so they're just living out lies like normal human beings um it's really quirky so I'm just really excited because like I I I commute a lot and especially like with conventions um I'm in the car a lot so I have a brand new way to waste time just to read like this incredible new wealth of comics materials so. Really excited. So, if you haven't checked out Line Webtoon, the, uh, just check out the app. It's completely free. Just sign up and, you know, just dive in. There's a lot of cool comics out there. Cool. Yeah.
2: You're going to provide links in the show notes, right?
1: Definitely, Yep. Yeah.
2: All right. Sounds good.
1: Sounds yeah, good. I'm
0: definitely going to check this out. It sounds pretty interesting.
1: Yeah. So, for me, I'll, on my subscribed list, um, I have uh, Chiller, which is a horror webtoon. Tales of the Unusual and Apocalyptic Horse Ride. And there's there's genres for everything. There's, there's not just horror. There's action horror, sci-fi mystery, uh, romance. So it has a, a bit of flavor for everyone. So nice. go out there. Get some. Let's move on to Come Up with Pools. Andy, do you want to start?
0: Nightwing issue 3. Hell yeah. I haven't yeah. read the first two issues yet. Still, it's been like weeks. I'm gonna binge it. I shall have a a very well, hopefully, analysis of all three issues. Not sure if I'm going to wind up getting three right away. Uh, I guess it all depends on how my work week is.
2: I have only Wolverine number 11. This is still a Civil War tie-in, which I'm like, eh, about. But the cover of this one has Wolverine stepping on Captain America's head. Now, I know I know this is not going to amount to anything. I know this is going to be the cover line to me. I know this is not going to happen a role. I mean, all. that's
0: happened in All the Wolverine before.
2: No, but, like, the thing is, is that I hope Laura, her role in Civil War is figuring out that, that um, Steve Rogers is Hydra agent. Did you kick his ass? That's what I want, but it's not happening. Wait, so
1: is is... Is he a double agent or a triple agent? I have no idea. I I kind of gave up on figuring
0: it out. Apparently, he thinks he's a double agent. He's not actually, but.
2: He's. The Cosmic Cube rewrote his history so that he was actually always a Hydra agent, but maybe he's found that his life has been a lie. And it has, and he's actually not, and so maybe he's going, like, Memento, leaving himself messages or some shit, and, like, yeah. Polaroids, like, don't trust his lies, and it's, like, a picture of Red Skull, and he's like, <laughs> oh, shit. <And> so, <laughs> so he's working backwards or something? <laughs> I don't know, I haven't been reading it, but I hope she finds out and kicks his ass, but I don't think that's gonna happen, but it's a cool cover anyway, because she's stepping on his head, but it's probably just gonna be some bullshit where she just fights Logan, for, for Civil War purposes.
0: Or well, she might even like sit down and have a beer with Steve. You know, we'll see. just kick it with Steve Rogers. We'll see.
1: We'll see. I have to catch up from last week. Um, I didn't have I didn't have any time to pick up comics, but All-Star Batman number one came out. Uh, so Scott Snyder's new Batman title. And I've been hearing nothing but rave reviews about it.
2: I read it. It's good? Yeah, it's good. I mean, it's fucking expensive. Oh, wait, is it like a five dollar book? One of those five ninety nine whatever uh, fuck bullshit. Wait, five ninety nine? Are you serious? $4.99? I don't remember how much it was, but it's crazy. Right on it's that just...
1: Scott Snyder branding.
2: Oh yeah, apparently it's pretty of cool. Of course, man. it's pretty cool. Okay, pretty, uh, pretty solid.
1: I'm still gonna, I'm still gonna shell it out because I've been waiting for this title for a long time. Uh, other than that, uh, also Batman number five again. I I'm loving Tom King and Finch's work. Issue number five is going to f- wrap up the last of this first arc. And, yeah, I, I
2: just, I'm, I'm really excited. I want to give a quick shout out to Superman number four. Uh, <laughs> um, Last time I talked about Superman, remember when uh, Jonathan grabbed Crypto's cape and he went, like, Super Saiyan 2? Yeah. So this is the continuation of that, and there's some really badass – I'm not going to go into a full review, but there's some badass moments. Um, Jonathan takes Crypto's cape and he grabs like a superman jacket that is his costume or whatever he zips it up and he fuses cryptos cape to his jacket with his like laser eyes so he's wearing cryptos cape as like tribute and there's this moment where he and and his pops superman punch Eradicator in the face at the same Time and knock his head off his Shoulders and rip his jaw open Oh my god And (laughs) the entire all of the Souls of Krypton pour out of Eradicator's body because it turns out he's Been eating everyone
0: on Krypton (laughs)
2: So in order to preserve the lives of the Kryptonians before Krypton blew up, he sucked up all their souls into his body. So when Jonathan and Superman punch him out, punch his head off his body, all the souls get released like the Ghostbusters, and they start invading fucking Metropolis. And oh there's my this moment, God. there's this moment where Superman has to have a spiritual commune with all the spirits of of fucking Krypton, and to tell them that it's all right because they're like raging cause they're pissed cause they've been trapped in Eradicator's body for so long yeah but he manages to quiet the spirits and it's like this great it's a great issue and there's like all these awesome moments where so where
0: Superman super, is the Ghostbuster pretty much there's even a joke in
2: there from from some bystanders and there's like a panel where all the spirits are releasing and it's like shooting up to the clouds and it's like this green swirling thing and it's like somebody's like who should we call <laughs> it's like probably the Ghostbusters <laughs> and like it's like it's just a funny moment and <laughs> the the whole book is just awesome and I've I expected action comics to be where it's at, but Superman's just been balls out, just insane stuff. There's like Superman training Jonathan, Jonathan's got all these cool moments, and you have shit like them like father son punching. Well, Super
0: Sons didn't come out yet, right? No.
2: It's I think they're setting up Jonathan in this yeah, book for I think Super that's sons. what's happening. Um in the end, Superman grabs a submersible. And he tells Jonathan and Lois to get in the submersible. And they're like, why? And he's like, because we're going to the moon. And then the end, th- it goes, to be continued, next time, hell moon. And I'm like, oh,
0: shit. They're going to fight ghosts on the moon? So, this sounds so, this so, went so good. From, so this one from <laughs> Superman to Dragon Ball Z to Ghostbusters to Doom.
2: Yeah, they're like, yeah. hell moon. And are like, oh, shit. Is like demon kryptonians or some shit gonna be on the moon because this is crazy The fuck i can't oh, wait no for the no demon issue. ghost
1: kryptonians
2: yeah i don't know what's going on but i can't wait for the issue
0: Jesus how do you end a,
2: the last page is superman flying to the moon the moon's like filling up the whole page he's holding his son and his wife in a submersible and it just says to be continued hell moon i'm like that's that's how you end an issue right yeah, seriously
0: that's marketing that's marketing
2: At its finest. Yeah, I just wanted to drop that shout-out to Superman, because it's been pretty awesome. Can they just
1: adapt this storyline of Superman to be in the live-action movies? Because that would be so cool.
2: That's crazy. Oh my god. That's awesome.
0: (sighs) Well, on to my topic. Earlier this week, I uh, decided to randomly purchase the entire series of Teen Titans (laughs) God, that show is so fucking good. I didn't get to start watching it yet, but from what I remember. I just wanna use my topic as times for us to talk about how good of a show that was. That's
2: it's Dick Grayson, right? That's it's the Dick Robin? Grayson.
0: Okay. I
2: I like Teen Titans a lot. Um, I don't know what you guys feel about Teen Titans Go, but I like that show too, because it's like silly and I don't really mind that it's there. <laughs> I don't mind that it exists. Um, but I like Team Titans a lot. It was something that I watched a bunch. I didn't watch it as much as say the animated Batman, the animated series, or Justice League or anything. But whenever Team Titans was on, I'd I'd watch it.
0: What well, What's your like fondest memory of it? I liked how they
2: were doing the Starfire Robin romance and how they were building it over yeah. time. I liked that a lot. Um, I'm not a big fan of Dick Grayson and Batgirl as a couple. Um, so having him paired with Starfire is better in my opinion. I also like the B romance of Raven and Beast Boy. Yeah, I thought that was pretty cool too. And um,
0: Rips Cyborg, he got no one.
2: Yeah, and I just I don't know. It was cool. It was it was funny. It had like a lot of Japanese influences into it. It was like action packed, and I just I don't I have like specific episode memories. I just have like an overall feeling of watching the show and enjoying it. Yeah, and just the the rooting for Starfire and Robin and Beast Boy and Raven were, like, the things that stuck out in my mind the most. I loved T-Titan so much.
1: Like, like Stan mentioned, I loved, like, it, it was similar to Avatar. It took elements of anime, so they had, like, Chibi and uh, you had the the theme song sung by Puffy Amy Yumi, um, which was really addicting. It's so infectious, you can't get it out of your head.
0: I mean, to this fucking day, I remember that team. Teen- Teen the entire theme song. Like, yeah. It just, you yeah, get, you just get so
1: pumped up and you just start singing along and it's so great. Um, I think like the first two seasons, it was more like Villain of the Week and then like in the later season they, they made like, they made like certain seasons like all about like a particular
0: character. Well, for, for like two whole seasons, they like, it was all about catching Slade.
2: Oh, it that's was, right. Yeah. Deathstroke, right?
0: Yeah. 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 So I re- like I mean they obviously like, they obviously couldn't use Deathstroke, but I remember him
2: like straight up owning the Titans. Oh yeah. Yeah.
0: There was that slight episode where like you find out that Robin's actually a double agent and he's working for Slade as Red X. Dude. And I was just like, what that so blew my mind <laughs> and uh Red X was the shit, but then you find out that Robin was actually a triple agent <laughs> and like just trying to get information on Slade yeah. Oh, such a good show. Yo, know,
1: Slade was so I mean Slade was my, my first for like first entry point into like Deathstroke and I thought Slade was so badass and Red X, dude, I want an entire show about Red X. Like I I especially love the rivalry between Robin and like the red X that stole his suit. Yeah and and I love how it's like there was this one hilarious one where they're they had to team up and then they're facing off and there was a total John Woo um uh, cameo where like a random dove like flies across the stream while they're <laughs> while they're about to face off. It was so hilarious and oh it's so good. Like I love like the, the arcs I love the most the 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 slate arc and the their adaptation of the Judas contract with Terra and Beast Boy dude I was so emotionally invested in that. Like I wanted I wanted I wanted Beast Boy and Terra to be happy forever and, and when I watched this I di- I didn't know the Judas contract was a thing. At the time, so that was my first exposure to that really, really iconic storyline. Um But man, that got that got me in the feels, and it was so, it was so heart wrenching when like Tara turns heel and starts taking down everyone. At the end of the episode, the Titans were like, "No more games," and he started beating the crap out of her in the next episode. Oh, so bad. and then and then she sacrificed herself, and I, I was I I admit I was I was crying a lot. It was. I was a wreck.
2: It was yeah. That show oh. was
0: that show was an emotional roller coaster. I think it was
2: an important show too because with I feel like I, it could just be me, but I think Cyborg wouldn't be as popular as he is. Oh, definitely not. not. Definitely games. not. And uh, you know, you see Cyborg, and now he's part of the just um, the the DC uh, movie universe. He's part of the Justice. He's like an yeah, essential member of the Justice League. Now he's like an League. essential
0: member of JLA. Um.
2: So I feel like these things wouldn't have come about if his popularity wasn't there with Teen Titans. I feel
0: know? like this is also uh this series was my original introduction to Kid Flash and Speedy. Yeah. As well as uh
2: Titans and, East. And and Raven is like my favorite part of Teen Titans, and I would no have no idea who this character was, period, if not for the show, you know. Yeah. And, and she's I think she's got one of the coolest Backstories in the DC comics, and like the whole fact that her father's like this crazy demon, and she's like. I mean, trying they to go even against... go
0: into all of that. Yeah, in, exactly. In this TV show, yeah. and
2: yeah, and so like, <laughs> if not for this cartoon, I wouldn't have been introduced to Raven or Cyborg.
0: Definitely, uh I think they were more of like B-list heroes, and then probably from popularity of the show, brought them up. Yeah,
2: especially Cyborg. I think he's got he had the most like. Yeah. He yeah, he gained the most from Teen Titans because he's, he's like everywhere. And I can't wait to see him in the Justice League movie.
0: Yeah, I think that'll be fucking awesome. But yeah, Teen Titans. If you haven't seen the original series you should, should definitely check it out. They need to make a season 6.
1: They have to. I, they where totally would you want c six to go?
2: I
0: don't even know.
2: I would like it to be a bridge to the other stuff. Like have... Them be a little bit older, and then have like Cyborg transition out to the Justice League, and like have it have it be like this closure for the whole team,
0: and have them all move on. Or maybe even like uh, pick up season six, a time skip like years later. Uh, Robin's already Nightwing.
2: Oh, and Cyborg. Cyborg's a part of JLA. That'd be cool.
0: And then they have to team up together one last time to stop someone. Yeah. That'd be fucking awesome. And you have them
2: as, like, adults, they get back together, and it's, like, the same voice actors. Yeah. That'd be awesome. Um, refresh me, uh, Andy, um, what was the last
1: episode of T-Tides? The episode in my mind was Tara comes back, and she has no memory.
0: Yeah, I think that's the last episode.
1: Uh, she shows up, she doesn't have memories of, like, her past life, and, like, Beast Boy's trying to, like, uh, snap that back into her head, and I don't quite remember what else happened, though.
0: I, um, I slightly remember after that being a Teen Titans movie. Well, that, that was really when weird. they go to Japan. Yeah. yeah. But that, it, it had nothing to do with the Terra, whatever the Terra situation was. And it didn't explain anything in it. So I don't know what the fuck happened there.
1: Oh, they that also- was a good ass movie. Yeah, it was really great, and uh, also in the last episode, I think they teased that Slade was still alive, like he was no longer possessed by Trigon. But am I making this up? Like, 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 Slade was resurrected by Trigon to be a herald or a harbinger for Raven's fate to like bring about the end of the world. But See, then I don't they defeated the Trigon, and Slade was like still that. alive.
0: That's why you bought the series. Yeah. yeah, that's why I bought the complete series so I could brush up on okay. that.
1: Yeah, I think that that was a, another plot thread that they left unresolved. So I would love to see that in season six. It's just Slay with like super pow- like supernatural demon powers, but he's not tied to TriGun anymore. And um, I feel like without Teen Titans, you w- we wouldn't have gotten Young Justice either, which totally deserves a season three as well. God, yeah.
0: There is there's rumors that Netflix will pick it up if it gets enough views. So
2: I love Young Justice because they brought in Batgirl in season 2
0: Well they also did the transition of uh, Robin to Nightwing Yeah From season 1 to 2 And uh, Tim Drake took the mantle in uh, season 2 Which was fucking awesome Because you got to see two completely different Robins
2: Yeah plus you get to see Tim Drake,
0: Dick Grayson, Batgirl And even like to see like Black Canary training them And like you get Ah oh, so good Yeah yeah. Such uh, a good show. I think the only the only episode of
1: Teen Titans Go I would like is that crossover they did with Young Justice, where like uh, like they, they t- like uh, Young Justice showed up in Teen Titans Go, and they were like trying to berate them to be to try to be more serious, and then the Teen Titans Go characters just started making fun of the whole dark serious tone of like <laughs> DC's other animated properties. Did you see? Did you guys see that episode?
0: No. Okay. I saw the episode where cyborg and Beast Boy were able to clone themselves and they made like a billion copies of themselves. It was a pretty pretty intense ass episode It's funny. I give it to teen Titans go. It's pretty funny, but I don't know, like it's more like one offs, you know, yeah,
2: it's like little little fun like not nothing like, no plot kind of things where there's no arc or anything.
0: I hate how, like, how they made make Starfire and Robin's romance in that show. Mm. So, like, he's obsessed with her, but he'll never get her. Yeah. Oh, they did that? It's like, jeez, give my boy a chance. <laughs> yeah.
1: <laughs> that, I don't, I, I'm not okay with that. <laughs>
0: yeah there's like an episode where like she thinks Aquaman is cool. so like Robin completely switches to like being like Aquaman? No way. <laughs> yeah, it's fucking
1: weird. Wait, but did, does he build a device where it enables him to talk to fish or does he I like, don't know, I does just he come know up the, his own hand. I
0: just know the synopsis. <laughs> but yeah. yeah, yeah, Teen Titans, go check Titans. that shit out. I love it. I'm I gonna think- watch it.
1: In terms of like other two things, I th- I think they're tr- they're gonna try to adapt the Judas contract into its own DC animated movie, which would be nuts because like the the OG story is really messed up, like in like in terms of like uh like the age difference, like slate or Deathstroke is like fifty, and in the comics Terra is like fourteen or fifteen, and it's implied that they had like a sexual uh, relationship, and that's weird. I don't I don't think. <sighs> I don't think the Judas contract has been adapted in any other media. Or actually, I could be lying. But at least the most prominent one would be season the what's it called? I think it was like season four or five. It's one of the it's one of the latter seasons in Teen Titans. But um, I think it would be really interesting to, to watch the Teen Titans Judas contract adaptation and this new one that's coming out. Um, I'm not sure. I don't think we have a release date though. But it's definitely on the on the table.
0: I didn't even know that was a thing. I I just knew uh, Justice League, uh, Justice League Dark.
1: Okay, so yeah, I'm looking this up. This is from dccomics.com. T-Titans, The Judas Contract, the popular new new T-Titans storyline by Mark... Or, I'm sorry, Marv Woolman and George Perez will be adapted to a feature-length film in 2017. Um... It was revealed during the Killing Joke world premiere panel, Um, so it's going to be released. Oh yeah, so it was so it was announced alongside Justice League Dark, but um, I'm surprised we didn't get a trailer for Judas Contract. But
0: yeah, that's kind of weird. Maybe they just wanted to tease it that it was like in development. We'll probably get it with uh, with uh, the Dark Justice League or Justice League Dark uh, movie. Because we usually get the trailers to the next movie, so that's probably what's gonna happen.
1: Yeah, I feel like they they also still have a a bit of ways to go. Because even with the Justice League Dark trailer, it wasn't actually a full trailer. It was like clips of the movie interspersed with like behind the scenes documentary, like and like concept art and uh, interviews. Um, But yeah, that that makes perfect sense.
0: Sweet. Yeah. Well, that's the yeah yeah, great topic. topic, man. Thanks.
2: Let me talk to you guys about No Man's Sky.
0: Stan hit me with that knowledge. All right,
2: so I spent about a dozen hours or so this past week playing the game. Um nowhere anywhere remotely near any sort of end point to this game. Um for those of you who don't know, it's a space game. There is 18 quintillion planets in it, so you are never going to see all of their all that there is to see. Because of the vastness of it. It's also made by Hello Games, who is a team of just 15 people. So the fact that 15 people made this game that is so insanely huge is pretty impressive. Um, It's also impressive because I don't think I've ever experienced a game where you can start on the planet, on a planet, walking around, hop in a spaceship, go from the planet's surface to atmosphere to space, fly around space, find another planet head into the atmosphere, land on another planet, and get off with no loading screens. Just se- seamless transitions between planets, and you're Does jumping. Is there preload? There's no preload, I mean, besides the installation. You just pop in, and it's there. It's all there in front of you.
0: Wow, and that's you can insane. And you can go
2: wherever you want. The only kind of inkling of there being any kind of loading is uh-huh. when you're um, going to hyperspace between star systems. But you're going literally between solar systems, so it looks like you're doing like a, the Star Wars thing where you're going to hyperspace and like the colors are going past you super fast, and you end up in a different star system. So that could be the only time I think where there would be any sort of loading. But other than that, it's like you're in a plant, you're in your your spaceship, your star your starship, and you're just you're just going and you go wherever you want. And there there's pop in when you're on the planet, especially if you're flying on the surface of the planet. There's a lot of pop in because um, you're moving so fast, but there's just nothing. You just f- shoot off into space. So
0: what's the premise of the game?
2: You know, then that's the thing that's really hard to figure out <laughs> because it's like they don't do a good job telling you, and um, the message around this game has been really, let's put it politely, muddled. Um, so, so
0: you're just thrown on this planet and you're like,
2: go? The beginning of the game is that you crash land when you... Presumably Crashland, because you don't see it. Um, you wake up, and you're on a planet that's random. That's randomized. So you, wherever you start is where you start. Not everyone starts on the same planet. Everyone starts on a different planet on a different star system, right? But you start, your, your ship's been wrecked. Um, your suit um, is running low on life support. Your multi-tool is damaged. And you have to sort of repair the ship so you can get going. And you're exploring this first planet. And you're, you're, it's essentially a crafting slash survival game. You you have all these systems and menus and all these bars that are constantly ticking down. So you have the fuel of your ship, the pulse engine on your ship, the hyper engine on your ship. You have your your life support system. Then you have your multi-tool that has a mining laser and an actual, like, ammo for, like, a gun. And both of those are depleting when you use it. So you're constantly managing all these different systems. And to refuel, you have to mine for resources on the planet. So you'll have your mining tool and you use the laser on the mining tool to say harvest plutonium and you use the plutonium to fuel your ship. Um, You get carbon, you fuel your life support systems or plutonium or whatever's around you that can fit in those spots. So it's imagine if it was like a much prettier, more advanced Minecraft with no, no, with space travel and no real building elements, um, the game doesn't tell you anything. It, it literally doesn't tell you anything except...
0: So you don't build anything, you just survive?
2: You don't build anything you, except for crafting materials. So you're you're building upgrades for your suit or your ship or your. Cra- you're putting items together to make new items to do different things. But you're not actually building structures or anything like that. Um, you're, it's essentially, I would say 70% exploration, 30% crafting, improving your weapon, improving your suit, improving your ship so you can explore more. So everything you're doing is kind of feeding into this exploration. It's sort of how, it's sort of like they took, um, games like Skyrim or The Witcher, or any kind of open world game you could think of and they took the part where you're just kind of aimlessly wandering and seeing what's out there and not really doing any story elements and making that the focus of the game, like you're straight up exploring and you're seeing what's out there. And there's everything else is kind of in service to, to that and improving that so you can get to the center of the universe. And that's the main that is the main goal of the game. But it doesn't tell you that. I only know that because I think the back of the box said that and I heard that in interviews with the developers of the game. It doesn't tell you anything, right? And there there are story elements and there, there are NPCs and there, there's like things that you can do, but there's not a lot of it, right? The story is drip fed to you and the systems and how they work is kind of not explained to you at all. And I think that's by design, but it makes it very hard to figure out what you what it is you you're supposed to be doing if you don't know if you don't already know what you're doing. And there's things like you say you're on a planet, you find a beacon, right? And then the beacon says you need a bypass chip, and you're like, what? How the fuck? What what is a bypass chip, right? It turns out you could make your own bypass chips from the beginning of the game, and you use those to hack into beacons, and those beacons will show you where a colony is. Or where an alien monolith is, or whatever, and so had I not like dug into the menus, I wouldn't have figured out that I could make these bypass chips, and so there was no way of figuring that out besides finding out yourself or looking up on the internet how to do it.
0: So it sounds like this is a game that you need a guidebook for,
2: kind of, or you just kind of feel it out yourself. And it's one of those games where if you want, if you want to like chill out and just explore. That would be for you. Um, but if you're looking for something more grounded, something that gives you concrete story, concrete things to actually do, then it might not be for you. Um, it's really like uh, – what was I saying? I had a train of thought and I lost it. Um, the things that are there for you to do is really – ends up being really repetitious because even though you're changing planets constantly, it's kind of the same shit that you're doing per planet. You're mining for resources. You're building up your stuff so you can keep going. And when you go into the the part of the game where you can go into hyperspace, it brings up a star map. And at first, it's pretty overwhelming because you see all these stars and you realize you can literally go to all those stars if you want to because all those stars are orbited by all their own planets. So you can go anywhere, and it's like looking at into the night sky. That's how many stars there are, right? And but there's um, a specific through line that takes you to the center of the universe. So you're in star system A. Then there's a specific line that says if you want to get closer, here's this orange line connecting you from this star system to this star system. So A, B, C, D all the way until you get to the center. And I don't know what's in the center. I don't really know what's going on. I play, I play, Sorry, I played about a dozen hours, but I really don't know where. I'm going with the storyline. Um, there's a bunch of different alien races that you can meet and talk to, and but you don't, you don't understand what the fuck they're saying because they're all speaking alien, right? But you can, like, explore and you'll find alien monoliths that give you some background on these different alien races. And it'll also give you the knowledge to learn a new word in that alien race. So it'll teach you, like, the word for Starship or the word for like rare or something like that and you can kind of it's kind of like Final Fantasy X and learning albed the, yeah. that language so you're fight you constantly finding these little plaques or whatever or encyclopedia bits that will teach you new words in this language
0: do all these other alien races speak the same language
2: no it's all different so there's like the, oh, there's the gek race and they have their own language and you have like something else i forgot the name and they had a completely different race um sorry language the the star system the star system that I started in was the get race, and so they had their own language and then i sh- then I jumped to the next star system and it was a completely different race it was a completely different language but I only think there's two or three different oh, okay. races so um there's a lot of- I've learned over twenty words of the get race, and when I still talk to them, it's still mostly gibberish and then a couple of words <laughs> in whatever they're saying um Also, the NPC interactions—I wish there was more of it because it's really static. Um, The NPCs don't really move around; they're kind of just sitting in the place, or they'll be in a starship that's landing, like say next to you in like um, a depot or whatever, and you can interact with them, but they like never get out of their ship, which is bizarre. They'll just land and they'll take off after a little bit of time, and it's like, what the fuck were you doing? (laughs) Like, why aren't you getting out of your ship? And people inside, like there's say there's some dude behind a counter, he won't move. And everything ends up feeling really empty because of that. And, you know, I kind of went in with no expectations. But still I I felt like it was kind of lacking in things to actually do besides crafting and and going on to the next thing and to the next thing. Um, But the game is really pretty. Especially if you get to, like one of the last planets that I land on was um, actually the moon of a larger planet. So I was on the moon and the moon had its own stuff, but then you look in the horizon and you could see the entire planet like around the moon. So it was like this very beautiful shot of just like this whole planet in front of the planet that I was on. And you get in some crazy like star systems where the planets are arranged in wild ways. And it's like you can land on the planet and it'll be like Tatooine where you see like two like stars or whatever in the sun, in the sky and, it it's crazy and it's mostly it's mostly exploration. You know, I, I wouldn't go into this game expecting there to be a lot for you. If you're, See, I was
0: gonna buy this game thinking that there was gonna be like some crazy ass story to do. Yeah, go no,
2: because like, if you're like a you know, if you're going into this expecting like Star Wars where this like crazy epic storyline and you're a galactic hero or whatever, or if you're expecting Mass Effect and there to be like you walk into a space station and there's all these different races interacting and there's like all this. It's like not like that at all. It's, it's more like the, the movie, the Martian, you know, where Matt Damon's on Mars all by himself and he's trying to survive. It's more like that than like a star Wars or a star Trek or, or anything like that. And I, I, that kind of takes away from the game for me for like a little bit, because I want something more immersive and to see these static NPCs and to see like not much going on really takes me out of it. Um, but the but what's really cool is finding all this crazy shit. Um, I landed on one planet that had flying spaghetti-like creatures. <laughs> and the, the amount of things that you're interacting with and discovering is cool because you're literally the first person to do it because there's so many planets that not everyone is ever going to see the same thing. So it's cool. You go to a star system that's never been discovered before, and you can name the system. You can name the planets. You could name the animals that you encounter. You can name all the plants and the rocks that you find.
0: So you, awesome. you can, like,
2: name anything. And if somebody else comes across that same star system, they'll see that you were there and you named all these things and to see what you named it. So it, it, it gives you, like, a personal, like, ownership over these things that you're discovering. So that's really cool. Um, the, the first planet I landed on was, like, a really cold, like, ice planet that was really snowy. So I named it Vanilla Ice. <laughs> and the next one that i landed on was was really barren and looked a lot like mars so i just called it new mars (laughs) so i just i just been naming stuff and and it's cool to land on the planet and to see what differences there are from the planet that you were on before like sometimes it'll be like acid rain so it'll be really toxic you know Mm -hmm. or you'll have um radiation winds or it'll be really cold, or it'll be really hot, and it's, like, really different every time. And sometimes you can find a really lush world that's Earth-like, you know, or something completely alien with, like, weird mushrooms and, like, twisty, like, roots growing everywhere. And you can find all these different animals. And the animals are always going to be different. They kind of use the same randomization stuff, so you can kind of see a repetition of certain features or whatever. But it's cool, because it's, like, you don't know what you're going to find on the planet. It could be, like, normal looking birds or it could be like dinosaur type shit or it could be like weird like wormy like Cthulhu monster shits you know <laughs> and it's it's awesome you know I I haven't played enough to really form an opinion and sometimes it's really boring Right, I'll f- be flying around like I don't know what the fuck to do like, well, like what the hell there's nothing going on and other times I'll be like I really want to get back into that game you know I want to <laughs> I want to jump into my starship and I want to see what's out there. So it's really, it's dependent on your mood. It's it's dependent on what you bring into the game. You kind of have to make up your own fun. You know when we were kids and we were playing a game and it was really limited, but you, like, would make up your own shit. Like, oh, you know, like, oh, fucking Yoshi on fucking castle. You find Yoshi. And it's like, what is he doing up there? And you try to find out, like, that kind of stuff. And you use your imagination to make the game, like, more than what there is. You kind of have to do the same thing. Because they don't tell you anything about who your character is or how he got on that planet or what the fuck you're doing and there's a lot of cool stuff going on around you and, and the scope of the game is just mind blowing. And, you know, it's, it's really cool to just interact with different things that, that exist in it. And, you know, coming out of hyperspace and getting attacked by fucking space pirates is really (laughs) awesome. And then like, you know, jumping out and then seeing like these big freighters floating through space and then getting, getting um, straight down to the planet with no loading and, seeing weird monsters that you can name and everything is patrolled by these robots called sentinels and they're kind of making sure everything is in order so you're not really fucking with the planet too much and so it's funny when you're like you land on the planet and they look like these little eye guys like little floating eye like robots yeah. But I think later on, they become more advanced, like walking robots and stuff. But there are these little, like, surveillance eye robots flying around, like, checking all the environments around. And so I'm just, like, mining rocks and, like, breaking shit. And, like, I'll, like, shoot, an a- like, an alien. Like, I'll shoot a monster, and the eye guy will come up, and he- and he'll, like, scan me. I'm like, what are you doing? I'm like, you got a problem, officer? And we'll just go off. And it's, I don't know, I like it a lot, but... Like I said, you gotta bring in a certain mindset when you're playing it, and you can't expect the game to really hold your hand or to give you a lot. You know, a lot of your own enjoyment is gonna be what you yourself getting out of it. And if you're the kind of person who likes to just chill out in a game and to just fly around and to see what's out there, then I think it's for you. But if you're looking for something more concrete, then I, I, don't, I don't know if, if it'll satisfy you enough. And the crafting can be kind of annoying because you're constantly losing life support systems, your fuel is constantly running out, so you always have to keep that in mind. So, you know, it's it's a it's a lot. There's a lot going on, and at the same time, it feels like there's not a lot going on.
0: It's as if you were actually stuck on an alien. Yeah, you I know, mean, like... you know,
2: a lot of... I've, I've heard people describe this game as a mile wide and an inch deep. There's a lot there, but it's not very much there isn't a lot under the surface yeah. for you to really get into once you because the more you explore the more you realize that you're just doing the same thing planet to planet you're you're visiting almost identical looking structures you're you're finding monoliths to learn about alien races and learn their language but it's like the same thing the planets look different but the stuff that you're doing is kind of the same so it's really like how much is there for me but they're constantly updating this game they gave there was a day there was a day one patch that changed a lot like fundamentally about the, how the game worked and gave you more inventory slots and more story stuff and the next update they i heard is that they're going to add um the ability for you to to purchase your own freighter like a giant spaceship and the ability to do base building so you can you can like settle down on the planet presumably make your own base and then buy a giant space fish vessel not like your your usual x-wing type thing which is That's cool. awesome. Yeah, it's it's really cool. It's it's something you have to try to see if you like it. You know, it's I I can't I I'm I'm still tr- struggling to really define this game and how I feel about it because like I said, sometimes I'll play it and it'll annoy me and be a little boring. But other times I'll like jump into it. and I'll be like, yeah, we're gonna find out what th- what the fuck this rock is and like let me analyze this rock over here and let me let me shoot this iRobot and let me. Name all these animals on the planet. and <laughs> yeah,
1: Stan, I, I have a question. Um, yeah, so I guess you may have touched upon the answer already, but like it is this game live up to all the insane hype it's beginning? because like you like just tracking like the backstory of the development of this game is like it's a roller coaster ride in itself. um, you had that a couple of months ago the, the, the devs were like, hey, sorry, we had to delay the game by like X amount of days and then they were they were they got a whole bunch of death threats out of this announcement or the fact that there's this one, one other story with this guy, he paid I don't know, like fifteen hundred dollars just to play the game like a couple of weeks early or like a week early. And
0: I um, I mean know is, is it is no. it worth it?
2: I It de- definitely did not live up to that hype, and I don't think anything could. I mean, people were saying that this would be the last game they would ever need to play because of just how big it was. Yeah. And that's not the case because I, I can see myself sinking a lot of hours into it, but not it being, like, the game that I play. You know, the the one game that I'll ever need. You know, it's it's probably like every other game where it's, like... 30 40 hours maybe 50 hours if you can squeeze more out of it and it's it's just but it's the same thing you're doing over and over again you know you're mining you're crafting you're improving you're mining you're crafting you're improving and you're going deeper and deeper and if it wasn't for that that mystery of what the hell is in the center of the universe then i i don't know how long anybody would want to spend with this game unless you really really want to see what's out there you know and explore as much as you can and it's it's kind of freeing for there to be that many planets because you're like i don't need to 100 percent anything in this game because that's obviously impossible anyway but at the same time it's kind of like well why am i going to stick on any planet if i could just go to any planet you know yeah. why would i stay anywhere for too long but it's kind of that balance that you have to find yourself because you you don't have the time to linger on every planet because there's just too many planets so it's really just sticking to the ones that you really like. And yeah, there's no way it lived up to the hype that was there. And I wasn't really following the hype. I just wanted a cool exploration game. I thought the hype was like, it was so over the top and so
1: yeah. zealous. And I it's thought, exactly
0: what it is. It's hype. It, yeah, it,
1: exactly. it, it's, it, I thought it just, it clearly, people were just getting so carried away with it. And yeah. It was like this was the the one holy grail of games to kill all games. It's, and it's not, like uh, it's I, I, not. I
2: no. Think of it as like you're like a a slightly beefy RPG that's more heavy on the systems and the dungeon crawling than it is the actual story. So you're really running around different planets and, and crafting more than you're actually enjoying the story. But there is the there is a story, and it is. It's interesting, and I do like learning about the alien races, and I do like learning about, you know, what the hell is in the center of the universe. You know, I really want to find that out, and so that's well, that's driving me forward.
0: Looking up the uh, trophy list out of curiosity, it seems like it's just attaining a shitload of statuses.
2: Yeah, it's because you – every time you learn a language, you're kind of going up in a rank in, like, the languages and same thing for how long you've been walking or how long you've been traveling, and that's where the trophies – pretty much full and just you doing a lot of shit over and over again which is indicative of the whole game you're just doing it over and over again and you this is not the game where you go and you say i'm gonna sit here this entire weekend and play this game for 72 hours no this is a game where you're like i just played two hours of overwatch i need to chill out for a little bit let me play an hour of no man's sky you know i just played this really heavy rpg for so long i need a break Let me jump into this game. This is pretty, this is like the dessert game, you know, this is the game that, or the snack game, this is the game that you play to cleanse your palate, to relax. If you had like a really hard day at work, for example, and you don't want to like strain your brain too much playing a a deep heavy game or playing a Twitch multiplayer stuff, you just chill out in a spaceship, you know, you fly around space, you explore a planet, you document some rocks in the encyclopedia, encyclopedia. But that, that's the kind of game that it is. It's like it's akin it's akin to playing Skyrim and saying, I'm gonna ignore the story and I'm gonna walk in a straight line and see what I find. That's pretty much it. That's it the game in space. You know, you throw on a, a couple of cool soundtracks and you're off. You know, you, you listen to the cowboy bebop soundtrack, you listen to the Star Wars soundtrack, you listen to the Mass Effect soundtrack, and you you're off. You know, you just listen to cool shit and you fly around. That's it. It's not to be, like... It's something you you can enjoy in a way that you would enjoy a cookie. And not, like, a steak dinner. You know what I mean? That yeah. Kind of, that kind of thing. But I, I'm enjoying it, you know? I, I think it's great. I like... I like seeing what's out there, and... It's... I've never played a game where I could take off into space and land on a different planet. And the fact that this was built by 15 people is astounding. And... Regardless of what you think about the actual game, that's super impressive, and I feel like that's something everyone should experience because it's—I've never seen that in games before. You know,
0: I'll definitely check it out.
2: I would say, I would say, if you're on the fence, wait for it to drop to like thirty bucks. That's what I was waiting. It, they're they're patching the game. They're adding more stuff. By the time it drops in price, there's going to be more to do. You know, building bases, buying freighters. Who knows what else? Maybe they'll add some multiplayer elements and. See, I, that's, that's, I would
1: love, to, uh, with how expansive the world is, like, you can, you can, like, players can explore the entire universe, and they can never, like, meet one, one another, like, that's how big the universe is, but I would just love, like, a co-op multiplayer mode, where you just, you just spawn in the same world, and you just build bases together, and, just travel the planets together and like have like a, like a like a four person or eight person or like a twelve person crew and you just explore planets and yeah you, you you create this giant fleet that just goes around and
2: fuck shit space. up right exactly what I, was ho- I was hoping well not hoping but I I wish that they did something where they had a giant central space station like some sort of Star Trek Deep Space Nine shit where it was just a huge spaceship that was the same for everybody and you could always go there and that's where all the players would chill out that's where they would have all the races interacting and that's where you would get like a lot of story stuff and i feel like if they had that that would make the really lonely at times exploration stuff on your own feel a lot more rounded because you would have this area where you could go and you could get that You know, talk to different NPCs and see all these things going on, and then you could go and do the the lonely stuff on your own. You know,
0: yeah.
2: And I feel like that's missing. But I think, you know, No Man's Sky two is going to be fucking crazy. (laughs) Because you know what? They don't have to do anything else. They already have the universe. You know, they just need to improve on the NPC stuff and and give you more story. You know, but it's it feels like an indie game inflated to triple a proportions that's what it's an indie game at heart and it feels it plays like you would expect a minecraft type style game to play you know like a don't starve or something along those lines but with amazing graphics and technical feats you know yeah so that that's my opinion on the first dozen hours you know i'm gonna try and get to the center of the universe and when i know i'll let you guys know what's out there
0: sweet (laughs)
2: And I'm working on doing like a few a full review of it, but I'm just not even anywhere near even the, the middle of this game because there's just so much going on, you know. So we'll see. I, I heard it gets crazier the the deeper you go into the universe, the closer you get to the center, the crazier shit's supposed to be. So j- if that's the case, then right now I'm just seeing run of the mill shit. So that might be why I'm thinking the way I'm thinking. So maybe when I get a little closer to the center, I'll start seeing some really insane stuff, and I'll yeah. let you guys know. Yeah, definitely. So I'm um, I'm sticking with this game, and keep listening because I'll tell you I'll tell you how it's going on my like, uh, as I as I travel through space, Star Trek style, on my like five year mission to, to, to hear be of your journey, No Man's Sky.
0: Maybe Darth Maul's at the end of the universe, yeah, Well, in the center.
1: <laughs> maybe. Instead, so it's bad luck to not name your ship. What's your ship's name? Damn. <laughs> 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 Well, you're doomed. Now you're going to be stranded on the next planet you Damn. arrive at forever.
2: I never even thought Don't about do that. Don't do that, man. never even thought about naming my own ship. I name everything yeah. else around me, but not my ship. <laughs> exactly. I'll get back to you. All I'll right. Next name. episode. That's, next that's, next that, week, I'll have a name for my ship. That's my homework.
1: That's, my that's your ship.
2: topic. Just that. All
1: right. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you, Stan. That was a great review. Um, and this is a great episode. Um, we got some nostalgia with Titans, we got No Man's Sky, and my foray into a completely new medium. So, it's all in all, great episode. So, thank you guys, thank you pals, for listening to episode seventy-seven of the Super Nerd Pals podcast. Mm-hmm. Woo woo. Uh, so you can find us on Twitter at Super Nerd Pals. You can find us on Facebook at. Facebook.com slash goose slash nerd pals. Thank you. Uh, we have a very active Facebook group. Uh, I haven't been keeping track of the the size of our community, but I think it's
2: it's, it's closing into 400 pretty soon. Yeah, right? we're yeah. – I think we're like nine people away from 400, which is crazy. Let's do it. Let's get to oh. 400. Let's get to oh, 500. Damn. All the way up to 1,000. Let's do it. And then 10,000. From 1,000 to 10,000. In one
1: shot, let's do it. It'll be excellent. So yeah, just join our Facebook group. It's very active, full of memes, full of news, full of funny photos and stuff. So just, and we have a great community. We love you all. So join us. Join the rebellion. Um, you can find our episodes on SoundCloud, iTunes, Stitcher, and Google Play.
0: Um, and it's really easy. Com. You can
1: visit our website. Yeah. Exactly, supernerpals.com. <laughs> it has all the episodes on there. Uh, if you have a SoundCloud account, uh, you can go there. If you have iTunes or any other podcast player, uh, just subscribe to us and you'll never be behind our episodes. All of our episodes are on the same RSS feed, so if you're a fan of anime, if you want to listen to our thoughts about it, uh, just subscribe to Super Pals and you also find our episodes for Anime is Weird. So, yeah, I'm Chris, and you can find me at Twitter at Kyo Ninja for Hire. That's K Y O Ninja for Hire. You can find Stan on Twitter at Stan Doom. Doom. And you can find Andy on Twitter at Sweet Justice One. That's O N E, Sweet Justice One. Yep. Thank you guys. Thank you for listening, and uh, have a great night. Thanks for listening.